Hi everyone! Episode 4. Wow. I'm Helen. And I'm Riley. We're on a roll here. We have been listening to our hype track for this week. Every time before we record, we pick a different like hype song to listen to. And today it was Keanu Reeves by Logic. Go listen to it, because we're going to get it done. <laughs> it actually kind of slaps. I've, I've been going through a phase. Helen's been watching heaps of Keanu Reeves movies. And how did you find the song? I YouTubed Keanu Reeves. Right, and it just came up. Yeah, and it slapped. What a blessing. It's so good. Yeah, it is pretty good. All right. This week, we're taking it back to NZ, baby. Today, we're coming at you with more of a compilation episode. Today's crime centers around Mercer Bay and the disappearances of three women from the area. Irina, Escher, Cherie Vusden, and Kim Bambus. Spooky vibes, I kid you not. In fact, I quite like the beach that um, Mercer Bay branches off of, right? Mm-hmm. Piha Beach. So that just makes all these disappearances all the more stranger. Thinking too much about it really makes me second-guess all those fun summers I had there with my friends. But anyway, let's do exactly that and get into it. The area around Mercer Bay, including Piha Beach, is located in the Waitakere Ranges on the west coast of Auckland. The area is characterised by lush forests extending to rugged and imposing cliffs, which drop down hundreds of metres to beaches made of mysterious black sand. Along with the dangers of the cliffs, the beaches are plagued with strong and dangerous currents and big swell, which is more suited to surfing rather than swimming. Only a small part of Piha Beach is patrolled by lifeguards, and swimming outside the area isn't really recommended. I lost my bikini top there once. It is a big swell. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Tiger. <laughs> Saw my titties. It was really <laughs> confronting. But how, how old were you? Maybe 15. Not appropriate oh, to no. be losing my bikini top in the water. I did find it. I pulled it back up really quickly. Like it fully came off? No, it kind of like it was pushed off. Right. But it was still... It was still Looped around you. Still around me. Didn't fly off uh, never to be seen again. But I did want to say there is a big rock there on Piha Beach called Lion Rock. Looks like a lion. (laughs) It's really cool. (laughs) Thanks. It's huge. And the first time I showed Riz, she couldn't see it. Yeah, you really had to point it out to me. Yeah. There's a a rock on a beach like near where I'm from. And um, we call it Humpy Island because it looks like a hump. (laughs) So we're not quite as creative as the Piha locals. You could say the rock wasn't as creative as the rocks on That's Piha tr- Beach. Yeah, just lo- there wasn't, we couldn't do much with it. Yeah. Anyway, you really can probably draw a lot of similarities from Piha to Bondi Beach in Australia, including the fact that there was a show on TVNZ called Piha Rescue. <laughs> and about 150 to 200 people are assisted by the Piha lifeguards every year. Yeah, look, I love my hometown, but Bondi Rescue is really great. I yeah. love Bondi Rescue. I don't really know if Piha Rescue would be as exciting. It doesn't, uh, in my opinion, doesn't slap as much as Bondi Rescue. Are they <laughs> as hot? Oh, I don't know. It's been a while since I've watched it properly. Okay, we'll have to watch after this. Yeah. Before we go into the case, first we must tell the story of Hinerangi and her broken heart. This is a Maori legend from this area that's quite airy in terms of what we're going to be discussing today in the case. The legend goes that Henerangi, a chiefly young Naoho woman, was desired by many young chiefs around the area because of her beauty, skill, and descent. Henerangi chose a young chieftain from Karekare as her partner and settled in his village until a tragic accident. 
So her husband was fishing one day at Tekawa Remirapa, the southern end of what is now Mercer Bay, when he and two friends were washed from the rocks by a large wave and drowned. Hinerangi couldn't overcome her grief and climbed the headland to scan the seas of Waikarekare, longing to find her husband. She sat on the headland for days until she died of a broken heart and went along to Reranga Wairua, which is the journey of the spirits, to join her beloved. Legend has it that her face was forever etched onto the rock face of the headland where she sat for many days, and it became known as Te Ahua or Henerangi, or the likeness of Henerangi, and can still be seen today from the cliffs high above the southern end of Mercer Bay. Locals say it's best seen at sunrise and sunset, you know, if you ever find yourself there, when the light hits the rock face in that way. There is also a carved po of Henerangi on the headland, which symbolizes the spiritual guardianship of the people of the land, the local Tangata Fenua. A pose like a carved wooden pose to mark places of significance. They're really beautiful and they can be found throughout New Zealand. The steep cliffs and rough seas of Mercer Bay have been the cause of many tragic deaths. There is some debate around whether the walking trails along the cliffs are even safe. I'm not a big hiker, so I can't say I've actually been on those trails before, but I've definitely been to Piha Beach literally maybe three times a year. My mum, though, loves big walks. She loves a big old walk, and she always tries to drag me on those, but no thanks. Anyway, I digress. So, did these three women meet with the dangers of Mother Nature in Mercer Bay, or is there something more sinister happening here? Let's go through the details of each disappearance. The oldest unsolved disappearance at Mercer Bay is that of Irena Asher, a 25-year-old trainee teacher and model who was last seen in the early hours of October 11, 2004. Irena had a history of bipolar disorder and was known to slip into episodes, as her father called them, when she would run away from her family. Her family knew the warning signs well, and when her father visited her the day before she disappeared, he said she seemed normal, but that didn't mean she wasn't hiding something. In the month leading up to her disappearance, she was going through some relationship issues and had been irregular with her medication. On the night she disappeared, she had been at her boyfriend's house in Piha with a couple of his friends, but something wasn't right. One of these friends described her as looking like a zombie and being really out of it. Earlier in the day, when they went to pick her up to go to the Piha house, apparently she went and put on a formal skirt, and then is, they told her to get changed. What does that mean? She like went and put on this really long, like extravagant skirt right and they were like we're actually going to the beach (laughs) and then they stopped for fuel on the way which made Irena really grumpy when she got to the house she started crying but then wouldn't tell them what was wrong she stopped crying when she got given a glass of wine which is relatable mood at one point she disappeared down to the beach and came back soaking wet they gave her new clothes but she took them off instead just wearing a duvet and occasionally dancing naked around the room Duvet. Do you say duvet or duna? Duvet. I literally had never heard of the word duna till I came here. Right. We all are so insane. duvet is definitely the New Zealand yes, word. Yes, yes. I love all this New Zealand slang in this case. But although her actions are like, can be seen as funny at this point, it's also super concerning. Yeah. You know, like something's not right here. Mm. It's hard to know whether this was a bipolar episode or drug induced or both. There's not really enough information from the friends for us to know. So Irena calls 111, which is our emergency number, by the way. Does anyone ever call it triple one? No, I right. don't think I've heard that. Just 111 rolls off better than triple mm. one. 
Anyway, she calls the emergency number at 9pm that evening and asks if they can go and get her from Pihar Road. She expresses fears for her safety, but is unable to provide an accurate address. I think she gives them a number, but it's not a number that's actually on that street. She is also unable to give any details of what was actually going on. She gives the name of a guy she claims was there, but later turns out he wasn't. So she was probably under the influence of something at this point. She was just being pretty unclear and unable to answer what the call taker was asking her. But basically, she says she doesn't feel safe and needs help. The call taker kind of interprets the whole thing as just wanting a lift. I don't know, a bit weird. But apparently, this is like a thing that happens in the area because a taxi from Piha to Auckland would cost over $200. And they say, you know, the police say it happens a lot and they're just used to people calling the police for wanting a free taxi. So the call taker determined that it was a priority to emergency and the dispatcher refers it to as quote just a bit of rubbish on the phone to the sergeant which maybe not the best response but he did say he like the police did say that was inappropriate and he did express regret for saying that the sergeant tells them to call her a taxi and then leaves to attend to another incident that was happening in the area they call her back to sort out the taxi but she's unable to give an address still at this point she mentions taking drugs so they order her a taxi and call her again to tell her the taxi is on the way In this call, she's saying she needs actual help and she wants the police. She's trying to keep the dispatcher on the phone, but the dispatcher is unable to stay on and says the sergeant will call her back. He then tells the sergeant, who questions the reason for her demanding the police, and tells the dispatcher to tell her to go to a petrol station and ring for a taxi and then report to the station the next morning. But they can't get through to her after this because when the dispatcher calls her for a third time, it goes straight to voicemail. There are three attempts to contact her throughout the night that don't get picked up. That recount was so complicated. It's like that moment in Harry Potter when Harry and Ron don't want to talk to each other, so they send Hermione back and forth between yeah, them. Yeah, and she goes, I'm not an owl. Yes, that was actually the dispatcher. Even just recounting it, I couldn't. It was just so much back and forth. So the reason she doesn't pick up that last call is because she's left. She's left the house she was at when she made those calls. And she's seen by a different family in the area, the Woodhouse family. She's seen walking down the street wearing only Ugg boots, underwear, and a sweater. They invited her to come back to their house, where they noted that she was pretty distressed and anxious and even asked them to like help take off her nail polish because it was freaking her out. They thought she seemed like she was coming off LSD, which is super specific. Yeah, they must. The Maybe they know. <laughs> Maybe they, yeah. But we have no idea really if she had been using any drugs. She told them that she felt safe in their house and they let her shower and make a call and gave her some food. They also offered to let her sleep the night at their house and that they drop her home the next day, which is so nice. Yeah. New Zealand energy represent. Just after she had gone to bed, at around 1.10am, she ran off. The Woodhouse has called the police, who at this point link the call back to the earlier ones from Irena. They work out that it's the same person. And the Woodhouse has tried to chase after her, but all they found was the dressing gown she was wearing in the middle of the road. She's now naked, and it's only 6 degrees and it's storming. She was seen next at 1.30am on the road that runs along the shore of Piha Beach. Two people saw her standing naked under a streetlight, where she proceeded to kneel down and kiss the ground. 
She stood up and stretched her arms out ritualistically before she walked into the darkness towards the beach. Despite this concerning behaviour, the two people who saw her chose not to call the police. They did try and look for her, but it was pitch black on the beach, and that was the last time Irena was ever seen. Did she just walk into the waves? Surely not. The surf was really big that night, and it would have been really difficult to make it past the break. And if she did, she surely would have been washed back up. An inquest into Irena's disappearance determined that she most likely did go into the water and drown. I went and had a look at the historical tide charts, and the when Irena walked, was seen walking down to the beach at 1.30am, the tide was going out, but it was almost at its lowest point. It turned within an hour of her walking down to the beach and came back in. So I'm no tide expert, but if she went into the water on an incoming tide, surely she would have been washed back in somewhere. There was no trace of Irena on the beach, despite a five-day land search and a week-long aerial search of the Bihar coastline, and she hasn't been seen since. That couple that was walking around at 1am, they were walking their dog? Yeah, at 1.30 in the morning. When it's in a storm. In a storm! And they see this woman under a streetlight holding her arms up naked. And what? They just... <laughs> they don't call the police, do they? No. They just, like, go home and they're like, that was weird, and then go to bed. I think the wife commented that it's normal for people to be naked around Piha because they go, you know, swimming in the beach. But is it normal for them to be kissing the ground? Yeah. No. <laughs> and at this time of the day, when it's cold and raining bro if anyone were tripping they were it was them <laughs> it was them yeah so the next disappearance is that of sheree vuston sheree was 42 when she went missing along the mercer bay track on the 22nd of december 2012 there really isn't that much information about her background but she was a mother to a young daughter who is now 13 so at the time she would have been seven no. no. We're not in 2018 oh my God. anymore. Okay. <laughs> oh my God. Um, she would have been five. Okay. Five. That's really young. That's quite young. That's sad. She wasn't known for exhibiting any strange behavior, and it seems like she just kept to herself and looked after her family. She frequented the Mercer Bay walking track. It was her thinking spot, and she often would go to enjoy sunsets over the bay, which is what she was doing on the day she disappeared. She was last seen at 7.15 p.m. walking along the track with her jandals jandals in one hand and a bottle of wine in the other for the australian audience you know just, what jandals just are just anyone who isn't in new zealand jandals are we call them thongs i don't know if why you're in the that. u.s flip-flops but jandals reign superior and she had a pair in her hand as well as a wine bottle in the other hand a full wine bottle oh, a full one yeah which lines up with her usual business in the area of watching the sunset and chilling out so a few hours later, when Cherie hadn't returned home, her car was found unlocked and empty in the Log Race Road car park at the start of the Mercer Bay Loop Walk. A search was conducted on land, at sea, and in the air by police and the local surf clubs. It was also reportedly pretty good weather. Her friends and family searched the area for a week, but also found nothing. No jandals, no wine bottle, and no items of clothing. The easy answer is that she fell off the cliffs. But then, where were her jandals or the wine bottle? Did she fall with them? The coroner's report concluded that Cherie likely drowned. It's feared that she fell from the 300 metre high cliffs and into the ocean. That brings us to the most recent disappearance of a woman called Kim Bambus, a 21-year-old nurse who was last seen on the morning of Friday, March 24th, 2017. 
when she told her flatmates she was headed to Piha for a run. Friends said Kim, who had lived in Auckland for four years, was familiar with the area and often ran at Piha. CCTV footage shows that Kim stopped at the local countdown on her way to Piha to grab some snacks. Countdown! Countdown is, if also if you're not from New Zealand, it's Woolworths in Australia. I love how, like, when we do Australian cases and talk about Australian things, I never feel the need to translate it for all my New Zealand homies out there. We just... We know. Yeah, because none of it is this weird, bro. <laughs> weird. Countdown is... Countdown is lit. It's the exact same as Woolworths. Yeah. She then drove the 45 minutes to the car park at the entrance of the Mercer Bay Loop track along Log Race Road. Hmm. True. We've heard that before. Mm. So, Kim didn't return that night, and her flatmates drove around Mercer Bay trying to find her. So sweet. Yeah. When you couldn't do that for me. I can't drive, but maybe I go for a maybe I drag our housemate Joe for a walk and look for you. Joe can drive. Oh, he true. Drive. <laughs> <laughs> never mind. See, I don't don't enlist me for a recovery mission. I'll never find you. So when they didn't find her, they called the police. Her flatmates called her sister and parents, who rushed to Auckland to join the search. Her parents had been out on a boat that night and sailed through the night to get back. By the time the family arrived, the search was in full swing, complete with helicopters and rescue dogs. They searched the area, water and land, all night, despite less than ideal weather. Her bright yellow Hyundai Getz was found at the Mercer Bay Loop Track car park early on Saturday morning. And that's why I was hmm, humming about earlier, because we know that car park. That is where Cherie's empty car was found as well after she disappeared. This was often where Kim would start her run, but her mobile phone was still inside when they found the car. I've got two questions. How does it take so long to find a bright yellow car, firstly? And... In 2017, we've got Spotify, we've got Strava, all those running apps. Would you leave your phone in the car? Maybe if it was raining and you didn't want to get it wet, but she was wearing a jacket. I just put it in my jacket. Oh, you froth a running app, though. Yeah, I need everyone to know that I'm running. And the other thing is, I can tell you about, at Piha, there's just a lot of small, random car parks everywhere. There's a car park for anywhere you could get off, you know? Right. A track that goes down to the beach. A public toilet, a lake. So heaps. Just everywhere, just so nooks maybe, and crannies of car parks. Maybe they just were slowly searching them all. Yeah, definitely. So I don't think that's too hard to understand um, in terms of like why it took so long to find her bright yellow car. But if they knew that's where she liked to run, I don't know why they didn't go there. Hmm. Maybe it just didn't click in the moment. or Yeah. Three days later, on the evening of March 27th, authorities suspended the search to develop a new plan of action. Potentially, this was like a refocus from a rescue mission to more of a recovery. On the 29th of March, they scale back the search, and eventually official efforts are suspended indefinitely. There hasn't been an official finding into her disappearance yet, because it's just so recent. So, what happened to them? Let's go through a couple of options and rule them out. The easiest answer is that they simply drowned, and the many elements of the oceans, like unpredictable currents, wildlife, or submerged obstacles, prevented their bodies from washing back up. But this doesn't completely add up when we think about how they must have gotten into the water. Did they fall down the cliffs and into the water? If they did, it's unlikely that there would be no trace of the women. 
In 2006, 43-year-old Australian tourist Fiona Hamilton was killed when she accidentally fell down a cliff face at Mercer Bay. She'd asked her husband to take a picture of her and ventured off the track where she stepped a little too far back, losing her footing and fell 150 metres to a ledge where she died instantly. Yikes. Yeah, that's tragic. Yeah. This gives us a picture of what the scene might look like if one of our missing women had fallen from the cliffs. Most of the cliffs in Mercer Bay arc outwards towards the sea, meaning if someone fell, they may roll onto a ledge at the bottom. More so, if someone did roll along the cliff face, it's likely that some clothing or body parts would get caught on the jagged surface. So did they voluntarily go into the water? If they did, it definitely complicates things. There are different conditions, currents, wildlife, and plenty of other things that might mean they were swept away without a trace. But many fishermen have fallen victim to the unpredictable waves at the Tihanga Fishing Rocks in Piha and are usually found a few beaches north. It wasn't uncommon for missing people to be swept up the coast before being brought back to shore. So for there to be no trace of these women anywhere along the coast, it's a pretty big red flag that something else might have happened. Also, Cherie and Kim were fully clothed, and none of these clothes have ever been found, so they would have had to go into the water fully clothed, including shoes. Cherie would have also had to take her wine bottle and jandals into the ocean too. If they had wandered into the forest, it's also unusual that there has been no sign. The Waitakere Ranges are often explored by botanists, archaeologists and hikers, and they found bodies there before. Not to mention that these areas were thoroughly searched by authorities and friends and family. There seem to be some similarities, especially in the disappearances of Shuri and Kim, that's hard to overlook. Like, they both knew the area pretty well, and also the dangers of the steep cliffs off the track and the, you know, dangerous waters below. That being said, I don't know, maybe they could have been so used to it that it just didn't cross their minds uh, how unstable the off-track bits could be. Yeah, I think with like dangerous areas, sometimes it is the locals that yeah just become complacent about the dangers and yeah. Yeah, so we can't speak so much for Cherie's attentions, but we know that Kim's shopping trip probably indicates that she wasn't planning a suicide attempt because she got snacks. Yeah. Like there was, she got stuff to eat later. Yeah. Overall, while it is a possibility that their disappearances were all accidental, I don't know. I don't know if that's the case. They might all be linked, but I think the strongest link exists between Shuri and Kim's disappearances. They're almost identical, except for the time of day, which... I think it's more than a coincidence. Yeah, and we all know what you might be thinking. Serial killer? Maybe that's a possibility? They both drove their cars to Piha, and they both went there regularly... And so it could be easy for someone to track them or scope them out as potential victims. Maybe someone in the area? By knowing which car they drive and at what times they generally came to the track, it would be easy to determine their routines and which paths they took. And Arena could have been a really opportune target for someone like that as well. You know? Very Mm. vulnerable state that she was in. Maybe that gave somebody an idea. Who knows? Yeah, maybe they met with Irena... And then... Stewed on it for a few years. Mm. Gaben Yeah, and decided to be a little more tactical. So Kim's disappearance was in 2017, and these three disappearances have had, like, a few years gap between them. So maybe it's only a matter of time before a pattern starts showing. But for now, there's just not enough to know. Yeah, so I guess if you live around 
Piha, live around Auckland. Stay wary. Stay vigilant. On that Mercer Bay loop track. Yeah. But also just the tracks around there. And also apparently the ocean because your bikini top could come off just like Helen's. You know, in the in the grand scheme of everything we talked about today, that really was not that bad. Um, but no shade to Piha. Love that beach. So what has, like, what's happened more recently with these girls' families? Like, are they still looking? Yeah, I couldn't really find much of a, much evidence of like an ongoing campaign for any of them mm-hmm. um especially Irena that was now like 16 years ago um there's not really much about what her family is up to I think after their like inquest um because there's been a few investigations especially into the like police handling I think after that they really just wanted to be left alone and being given some privacy when I looked into Cherie's disappearance, it was kind of creepy because her Facebook page is, like, still up. Like, her account. Her account. It's right. still, like, active. And, well, not active, but her last post was from six days before she went missing. What was it? it she, like, shared a link to a video. For, it was, like, a promo or something for, like, Tomorrowland. You know that music festival? No. In New Zealand? No, no. I think it's in, like, the Netherlands. Or maybe it is in New Zealand. Right. I don't know. If you know where Tomorrowland is, let us know. Cherie said she, like, tagged her friend. Right. Actually, she didn't, but she, like, referred to her friend. You know how people sometimes (laughs) can't work out the tags? But she (laughs) wrote her friend's name. And she said, like, we should be here. We should go here. Then the friend was like, yeah, it looks like so much fun. She was like, imagine that. That's a bit harrowing. Yeah, so that is still a little bit eerie. Um, but in terms of like campaigns, I can't really find much about, you know, people appealing for information. Kim Bambus, her Facebook page is also still active, but either her privacy settings are really high or like her family and friends have taken a lot of stuff down because there's not much on there at all. When I looked, I found that police are still appealing for information from any residents along Log Grace Road or the Ahuahu track area who have CCTV footage from the 24th to the 27th of March, 2017. So if there's anyone out there... If that's you. If that's you, you know you know what to do. Google it. There's a phone number. But as time goes on, this is getting more and more unlikely. There hasn't been an inquest into Kim's disappearance yet. I think I kind of looked into it to see if there was like a time limit of why there hasn't been one. Um, but I think they're just waiting for the police to, like, finish up all their investigations. So maybe they are still following up some leads, and that's why there hasn't been an inquest yet. But I don't know. That's so, um, dedicated, you know? Mm. If it was me and a third person had gone missing in that same area, I'd be like, oh, what? I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) That would be, be I don't know, man. But good on, I mean, if they're still looking into it, good on them. Someone has to get to the bottom of this. I hope so. Or maybe it's just Hinarangi. Oh, T, full circle. The legend of Hinarangi. She's still sitting there. How did she... Oh, she died of a broken heart. That's right. Mm. She's watching over them. At least she's watching over them. That's true. Yeah, the area is protected. Yeah. Hinarangi, if you're listening, go. Look after these queens that keep going missing. All women. That's what's... Look after us. How, like, this case coming together. Is that... Have, like, men gone missing from this area in your research? 
people died. I think the last person that has like gone missing from Piha and not shown up is Kim. Right. Yeah. So I think like when I looked into it, there was like, I didn't go looking for other people who had gone missing. I did look like other, um, I guess, similar events in the area. So there was like Fiona, obviously, who had fallen from the cliffs. And there was someone else who had um, gotten caught in like a current at the beach and been swept away. And that was a young man, but he like came back in. He died, but yeah, <clears throat> his body was washed back in. Right. So the people we can't find are women. They seem to all be women, and we'll post some pictures probably on our Instagram and our Twitter. Which, if you haven't followed, give them a follow. Yeah, you can have a look for yourself. I don't think they look, you know, like so coincidentally similar, like. That they all look the same, and this, if there's like a predator, there's some sort of like type, but they, I guess, have similar features. Yeah, they're all young. They're all relatively young. young. They all have brown hair, like wavy hair. Yeah, I'm not really sure. Right. Definitely sort of like white passing. Right. Yeah. Can't really, yeah, can't tell. And, Mm. um, anyway. I'll keep a weather eye on that Piha Beach horizon next time I go. Yeah. Which hopefully might be soon. You might see Hinarangi in the cliffs. Yeah. You best be know I'm not going on that track. Mm-mm. I don't I don't like the sound of that track. Yeah. That's all for today. Love a New Zealand case. Yeah. We're going to do more of those. We're definitely going to do more. We've There's... done two out of five for our first five episodes, but we're going to keep that balance up. Yeah. <laughs> it's, actually, it's hard because you know what? I'm going to say it. A lot more shady shit does happen here. <laughs> well, it's... Y'all are just too nice. <laughs> Yeah, it's because um, it's because this place is so much bigger. Y'all got so much free space yeah. for shady shit to happen. Just running around, doing shady stuff. Yeah, in the desert. Yeah. So next week, speaking of shady stuff. Oh yeah. Next week is very bad. Well, yeah, we've saved the big whammy for episode five. We're mm. doing five in advance. We've and- reeled you all in. Yeah. With these first four, and next week you will not be disappointed. That's all we have to say. Do we want to give any more about that? Mm. I'm nervous to do next week's episode, to be honest. I'm a bit nervous. Because it's pretty, uh, it's it's pretty heavy. heavy. Yeah, heavy stuff. So we'll, yeah. we'll set brace aside some Set aside some good time for yourself next week. Yeah. And join us as we run through another Australian case. Yep. See you then. Bye. Bye.